Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 6, and as you're turning there, I want to remind you of something that the Lord spoke to me two Sundays ago, and it's my assignment for however long. He said to me on October the 9th, in the, the hours before the morning service, he said, we are entering a season that will require the walk of faith. We are entering a season that will require the walk of faith. And it's not something to fear. It's not anything for you and I to begin, you know, buying, uh, 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 stockpiling, uh, the, the, what do they call that? The food, the pandemic food or whatever. No, we're not in fear. We're in faith. The walk of faith, it's not, an, it's not a negative thing for God to tell us this requires the walk of faith because faith is the victory. Amen? So you could say this will require the walk of victory. Amen. Faith is the victory. This will require the walk of victory, the walk of faith. And then he said another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. We're entering a season that will require the walk of faith, another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. And he gave me Joshua chapter 3 and verse 4, that where the uh, instruction to the children of Israel was to keep their eye on the Ark of the Covenant because they were going a direction. They were going away. They'd never gone before. And so that in order for them to go where they needed to go, they needed to be able to identify where the Spirit of God was leading them. And that's what he is saying to us. This skill in walking in the Spirit is what will have us in a position where God can lead us correctly, where God can, can move in our lives and direct us, move us in our lives in the correct way. And he gave me five specific things. I'll read them to you in case uh, you weren't here on the day that I shared it. And the first thing was know the leading, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Know the leading with a certainty. Know the leading with a certainty. In other words, we don't need to have to spend three days to figure out, was that God, was that me, or was that the pizza I had last night? We need to know that was the Lord, and I'm going to respond now. I'm going to act on that now. So know the leading with a certainty. And I'll, I'll have to say from my experience in walking with God, it has taken some practice of, of me rec when I would hear in my heart that an impression of the Lord, a prompting of the Lord, it would take me some practice not to pull it up into my mind and reason it away. And so I want to encourage you, make leading, knowing the leading with a certainty a priority. The second thing he said was practice obedience. Practice obedience. Now, of course, practicing obedience includes not being disobedient, but there are a lot of well-meaning 
God-loving, blood-washed people who have had God tell them to do something or they've seen it in the Word and they just hadn't got around to it yet. And they'll say, you know, God's been dealing with me about that for two years. God, God's been dealing with me that I should have learned Spanish. Or God's been dealing with me that I should have, have you know, reached out to that person. Or God's been dealing with me. I don't want him to have to deal with me. I, I don't want him to have to hound me about it. I don't want him to have to be um, waiting on me to get it done. When he speaks to me, I want to be prompt to obey, quick to obey. I want to be practiced in, hey, God asked me to do that. I'm going to do it. God, whether it's something that he spoke to me in my heart or something that I see in the word, I want to be a doer. So practice obedience. Then he said, develop humility. Develop humility and the love walk. They're connected. And he said they need to be developed. So regardless of where you are in your growth of humility, in your development of humility, set, it up, set your objective, set your goal up on that. Raise the bar. Raise the bar and say, I want to come up. I want to I be more humble than I am today. Hallelujah. Jesus said, learn this about me. This is what I want you to learn about me. I am meek. Humble and lowly in heart. I want you to learn that. He said, develop humility and the love walk. Then he said, the fruit of the Spirit is vital. The fruit of the Spirit is vital. If you are to go for a doctor's uh, uh, annual checkup or if someone goes into the emergency room, the very first thing they do is check their vital signs. They're vital signs. So it's talking about your life. He says the fruit of the Spirit is life. It's vital. It's of, it's, it's of that importance. And then finally, the trust in God, His ways and His word are safeguards. The trust in God is different than trusting... I say different. It's different in a sense, but it's, it's, they're linked together. Trusting in God and trusting His ways and trusting His Word. Three different applications of trust. Three different assignments for my trust. I trust God. I trust His ways. You know, when I first started tithing, that was what I determined. God, you said this is your way. So I'm going to do it even though I don't have enough money to tithe. Because I needed everything. I was trying to get my children back. I had no, I had no home. I had no, no savings. All I had was the, a waitress job with a lunch hour, which is <laughs> different. It's diminished in, in proportion to what people make at the dinner hour, but I didn't want to miss church. So I chose the lunch hour, and I didn't want to serve alcohol either. So I chose to, to work the lunch hour where I wouldn't have to do that as much. So I'm working a lunch hour shift at, for, with, a, with no car. The car I had was stolen, so I couldn't drive it anymore. I needed everything. But I decided to start tithing anyway because it was God's way, and I was going to trust God's way. And, and 
I don't know if it would have happened for me the way it's happened for me over the years if I hadn't started working his ways at the beginning. So trusting God's ways and then trusting God's word. He said those are safeguards. Praise God. Now, because he spoke this to us, it puts us in a position of giving it our attention. He said these areas need to have a development in them. He said the developing of the walking, another depth of walking in the Spirit. Walking by faith is another depth of walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk today from Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm going to begin here in verse 10, and we're going to follow our assignment from God. And we're going to be strong in the Lord. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to be strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. Notice in verse 10 of Ephesians 6, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and, and in the power of His might. Two different strength. Two different arenas. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Well, to be strong in the power of His might is to be strong in the anointing, to be strong in, in the flow of the Spirit that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. His, Jesus said, when you have received the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, power will come upon you. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that power, the power of His might, that power is that, that outward uh, manifestation and application of the power of God to help other people, to reach other people, to minister the, the gospel with signs and wonders, the power of His might. And that's separate from being strong in the Lord. So what does it mean to be strong in the Lord? What does it mean for me as a believer, me as an individual, to be strong in the Lord? And it's, an, it's a New Testament instruction. Finally, my brethren, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. What does that mean for me to be strong in the Lord? That's talking about my inward strength, the strength I have of His life and His nature being cultivated or developed in my spirit. When I, and when, when I am born again, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. All things are passed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All things are created new. Hallelujah. 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 But then what? Then the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. So yes, Old things are passed away. All things are created new. I am born of God. And now growth is my assignment. Desire the sincere milk of the word, First Peter says, so that you may grow. Grow. And so this growing is how I be strong, how I become strong. This is how I develop. This spiritual growth is as if not more important than being strong in the power of His might. Because if I'm only strong in the power of His might, I have no roots. 
And my effectiveness for him will be limited or sabotaged. If I don't have character, the anointing can only do so much. If my character keeps sabotaging or my lack of character can, sabotages the work of God in my life. And that's why we've all seen and heard testimonies of people and, and they had, had outward appearances of the power of God. They maybe operated in the gift of the Spirit. Maybe they had all kinds of, of, of people healed when they prayed for them or they had, had different things, but they didn't remain strong in the Lord. And then they did something that was morally a sin. They did something that sinned against God. And they think, well, they had so much power. They were strong in the power of his might. But they weren't giving place to that first part of the instruction. To be strong in the Lord. So for you and I to be more than a shooting star for God. For you and I to have the longevity in the things of God. For you and I to make it to the finish line. We need to be strong in the Lord and we need to give that first place. And then we can be strong in the power of his might. Because this is a, um, this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Our walk with God, our time on this earth, we've got to pace ourselves by the Spirit's pace. You know, when my husband runs marathons, they have pace groups. And those pace groups say for everybody who runs a... Help me, Brother Jim. What is pastor's pace? Eight minutes a mile. Eight and a half minutes a mile. They'll have somebody with a flag showing eight and a half minutes a mile. I'm impressed. Are y'all impressed? I'm just, I'm just like... Whoo. And how many of those miles are you going to run in this marathon? Have mercy. But they'll have all along the starting line, they'll, they'll have different people holding up a banner and it'll say eight and a half minute mile pace groups. And you go get with that group because that's the pace that you've been running and practicing and you've been training on. And so you know if, if this is where they're running, I'm going to stay with people who are also running that pace who will help me keep my pace on track because that's my goal. The Holy Spirit is our pace setter. He's the one who sets the pace. We need to find him at the starting line. And we need to realize, I don't want to just run out here emotionally and try to do everything overnight. I don't want to just run out here and try to uh, apply everything, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, make all these changes. Let me set the pace that the Holy Spirit is setting for me and stay with him. Hallelujah. When, when we, we set our goal over to being strong in the Lord, when we make that our objective, I want to be strong in the character of God. I want to be strong in the fruit of the Spirit. I want to be strong in the love of God. God is love. This needs to have a higher place of importance than being strong in the power of His might. I'm not diminishing the need to be strong in the power of His might, but it will be ineffective if we don't do the first things first. It will be ineffective if we don't have the, the strong in the Lord element established first 
the power of his might will not be able to keep us where our character falls. Hallelujah. So, the Passion Translation. We might have the Passion Translation for you to put up back there, but I want to read it to you. The Passion Translation says, Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Whoo, mercy. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Well, for me to stand victorious with his explosive power, I first have to be infused with, with strength through my union with him. Hallelujah. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 15 and verse 5. Let's read that together. John 15 and verse 5. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. You are the branches. My only connection to the life is, is through the vine. If I disconnect from the vine, what have I to offer? If I disconnect from the vine, where am I going to get my inner strength? He said, I, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now notice where this is. This is John 15. This is that conversation he had before the cross, that conversation where he is establishing to his disciples important truths that they need to mark and, and, and recognize. You better recognize. I'm the, I'm the vine. You better recognize. He was telling them these things that were going to be vital as he goes to take his place at the right hand of the Father and they take their place as representatives of the sons of God, the, the children of God on the earth. He said, I am the vine. I'm the vine. You must stay connected to me. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Much fruit is the desire of God. Much fruit has many different aspects. What does much fruit mean to us? What, how can we describe our life when it brings forth much fruit? Well, as I say, there's many different aspects. Long life. Stable life. The blessing having its full operation. Prayers answered are fruits of righteousness. Amen? This, this bringing forth of much fruit would also include the fruit of the Spirit that we, we recognize as vital. You'll bring forth much fruit. You will abound in love one toward another. Amen? You'll have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Why? Because you're connected to me. And the life that's in me is flowing to you. The life that comes from God in Christ is flowing to us through this connection, but the connection is the key. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. When you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bring forth much fruit. Then he makes this other parallel contrast, if you will, without me, disconnected from me, without me, 
you can do nothing. What have I to offer without the vine, without my connection to the vine? If you take a branch and you break it off the tree, you have disconnected it from any opportunity to bear fruit. You have disconnected it from any opportunity to continue life. It is disconnected from what gave it what it is. The branch is nothing without the vine. Hallelujah. And, and yes, I am in Christ and in Him I live and move and have my being. In Christ, I am the righteousness of God. In Christ, I can do all things through Christ. But without Him, I'm nothing. Do you see the total dependence upon God? Do you want to know the definition for humility? Total dependence upon God. I'm not dependent on myself. It's not me. It's not my character. It's not my, my personality. It's not my great, great enthusiasm and my great uh, uh, aura, that my energy and everybody. No, no, no. It's Him in me. Without Him, I'm nothing. But with Him, I can do all things. But without Him, I'm nothing. Do you see the balance there? So Jesus said, I'm the vine. Without me, you can do nothing. So the key is abiding in Him and Him abiding in you. That is a daily, daily, daily. You know, we had a family that came down and visited us uh, uh, to be a part of the, the meetings we had with, with Brother Duplantis. And they came and they stayed in our house. But they don't abide in my house. They have a house they abide in. Those who abide in my house are those who are there constantly. Those who live there. Those who have their clothes in the closet. Right? Those who have their shoes there in the house. Those who have, have, have their, their bed. They sleep there. It's those who abide in the house are there constantly. So, so that tells us our interaction with Him is a constant interaction. It's not a checking off of a to-do list. Well, did I pray today? Did I, did it, like I'm trying to do something to uh, merit approval or do something to uh, say I've, I've accomplished that. No, I, I'm with Him. I'm with Him. We're connected. We're connected. I'm not going anywhere without Him. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm staying with Him. I'm abiding with Him. I talk to Him in the morning. I talk to Him throughout the day. I talk to Him before I go to bed at night. I talk to Him. He talks to me. I'm abiding. Amen. So abiding is the key to this connection. Galatians 2.20 is a way that the Apostle Paul said it through the Holy, Holy Spirit, because we know that all Scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2. And he begins by acknowledging his connection. He says, I am crucified with Christ. I'm connected. I'm, I'm so connected with Him. I'm connected with Him in His crucifixion. When Jesus died on the cross, He did that for me. So I'm with Him. I am crucified with 
I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet it is not I, but Christ who lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. Christ lives in me. It's not I that live. It's not I that live. I'm not a vine. I'm a branch. It's not I that live. The, what you see is not coming from me. It's coming from Him. What I'm, how I'm living, what I'm doing, how I'm walking in victory and hearing from God and knowing what to do when that situation comes. It's not coming from me. It's coming from Him. It is not I that live. We've got to come to that place where we recognize He's living in me, through me. The life that I have, this new creature in Christ Jesus, this new life alive unto God, I didn't have it before Him. Before Him, do you know what I had? Spiritual death. I made deadly decisions. I had deadly attitudes. I had death-dealing attitudes. What I had before Christ, there was no life in it. There was no hope in it. Ephesians 2 says, I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I was walking, talking. Listen, the Bible knew about the walking dead long before it became a TV show. Amen. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was a zombie. I had no life in me, but I was still walking around. I was dead. I was dead. But I was, I was living a natural life, but I wasn't. I just started living. He gave me a brand new life. Gave me a brand new life. This is life. What I was doing before then, I thought I was living. I thought I was living it up. No cares, no worries, do what I want to do. Not care what the police thought about what I did. Not care about what my parents thought about what I did. I'm free. I wasn't free. I was in bondage. I was in bondage to the drug. I was in bondage to the addiction. I was in bondage to, to the people who were controlling me. I wasn't free. I wasn't living. That wasn't real life. There was no hope in what I was doing. And I even came to the place that I knew if I die, I'm going to hell because there's no way God would have anything to do with me. Do you know how reckless a person gets when they know they're going to hell? And they think that's the only option I have is to go to hell? Reckless. It's like what? what there's no restraint. Just let your flesh do and go as far as you can go because there's no hope for me. That wasn't real life. I was miserable. I hated my life. I hated myself. And I determined I will never be sober another day in my life. And I lived to try to make that mantra come to pass. But I connected to the vine and all of that changed. 
When I connected to the vine, all of that changed. And now the life that I live, it is not me. It is not I. It's the life that I'm living today. It's Him in me. Every day, His life is in me, giving me what I need to overcome, to live victoriously, to experience God's best in my life. In Him, I live. He lives in me. It is not I that live. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Hallelujah. That's how I live out of that life. I believe. God sent Jesus to die in my place to take the sin consequences that I deserved and my faith in what He did has given me freedom and life and hope. Eternal life. I will live forever with God. Now, I know I won't go to hell. I'm not going to. I I won't. Y'all hear me? There's nothing in me that would turn back to the hog slop of the life I lived before Christ. Nothing in me that would turn back to that. I'm not going there. I will live eternally with Him. Living in victory and reigning in life. Hallelujah. How? His life in me. His life in me. 1 John chapter 2. So how do, we, how do we walk this out? How do we grow in it? How do we bring development to this life that we've been given? If we are born of God, but then he says... You need to grow thereby. Go to the milk of the word so that you can grow. If I'm born of God, I'm, but I need to grow. It says here in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3, it begins to tell us how we grow or develop. He said, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. This is how we know That we know Him. And that knowing is, I know Him in a relationship. I know Him in a connected covenant relationship. This is how we know I keep His word. I keep His commandment. Is Jesus Lord? If Jesus is Lord, Jesus is the word made flesh. If Jesus is Lord, then the word governs. See, Jesus is Lord means... Isn't that what we say according to Romans chapter 10 to be saved? That you, that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth all of your sins. Is that what it said? What do you confess with your mouth? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Oh, well you just said something then. If you said Jesus is Lord, you said, you know what you said? You said the alcohol isn't Lord. The, the drug isn't Lord. 
You know what else you said? You're not Lord. You're not calling the shots and setting the rules and, and establishing how this game is played. Who's setting the rules? Who's, who's, who's ruling here? Who's governing here? Well, Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. So if Jesus is Lord, His Word is what I'm living by. His Word isn't just something I go to to get what I need. His Word is what I go to to find out how I live. How I'm allowed to respond. If I go to His Word and I've got all kinds of, of, of grudges and, and uh, I'm holding unforgiveness against somebody and I go to His Word and He said, if you have aught against any, drop it, leave it, let it go. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And I'm like, what? Drop it? Do you know what they did to me? You want me to drop it? You want me to leave it? You want, I can't let them off the hook like that. I can't forgive them for how they treated me. I can't forgive them for what they did to me. I can't forgive them. It almost ruined my life, what they did to me. I, you want me to forgive them? The Word says, if you have anything against anybody, oh, now all of a sudden, I'm not calling shots. I'm not playing by my rule book. This is the rule book. If Jesus is Lord, that's what this verse is saying. If we know him, this is how it's going to be evidenced. This is how it's going to be visible that you know him, that you're in relationship, that you do what he says. Hallelujah. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar. Woo! Get down with your bad self, John. She just laid it right out there, didn't he? Just laid it right out there. He that says, I'm saved. I'm born again. I, yeah, I go to church. But does not keep his commandments. The truth's not in him. I'm not talking about you. Y'all are here. But this is something that we all need to apply to ourselves. Am I a doer of the word? Am I, am I a selective doer? And I do what pleases me? Or am I willing to do those things that rub me the wrong way? And if you've never had the word of God rub you the wrong way yet... <laughs> I hear that, nervous laughter. All We know, you know what I'm talking about. If God's never had to tell you something that you're like, what? I have to do that? I need to obey that? You want me to say I'm sorry? A soft answer turns away wrath, but I just need to tell them. I just got to tell them. Whoso keeps his word. Now we know that keeping is talking about doing. As well as having that word abide in you. Whoever keeps his word in him truly, verily, is the love of God developed. The word perfected means developed. This is how I grow in love. 
Do the word. Do the word where it says forgive. Do the word where it says have a soft answer that turns away wrath. Do the word that says be kind one to another. He put that in the Bible to believers, Christians. Be kind, be nice. God had to put that in the Bible. He had to put it in the, it's in the Bible. That it's better to live on the rooftop in the rain, the sleet, the snow, and the hail than to be down inside with a brawling woman. That's in the Bible. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, help us. Who keeps his word, does his word, acts on his word, abides in his word, in him is the love of God developed, perfected. So the love of God in me has to be developed. It's not complete in its process in the beginning of my accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. When I accept Him as Lord and Savior, the capacity to love with the love of God is now placed in me. It's a fruit of the born-again spirit. But I have to develop. I have to allow the love of God in me to develop in me. All of us are at different stages of development. But I will say this, for eternity, love will govern. We're not going to be exempt from the New Testament commandment of love after this age. And when this age is over and we're all, you know, in eternity with the Lord, he's not going to say, okay, that love command, y'all can drop it now. And no, no, it's going to be at a higher level. Like, God is love. It's not going to change. So we might as well make this a priority. Look at your neighbor and said, make it a priority. Hallelujah. So let's go over. Did I finish here? Let me see. Oh, Let's do verse 5. But whoso keeps his word in him is the love of God perfected, developed. This is how we know we are in him. So in two, two different verses, he said, this is how we know that we know him if we're keeping his commandments. This is how we know we are in him because we're keeping his word and his love is being developed in us. So this is evidence. This is something that is like a, a symptom to reveal that we are walking in love, keeping his word. We are in him. And we're becoming perfected in love. If you do not have Pastor Happy Caldwell's newest book, Perfected Love, you will thank me a thousand times through your life because I'm encouraging or you in this moment get the book Perfected Love because there is wisdom that will help you grow and attain victory in ways that no laying on of hands is going to do it for you no, no other uh, means of distributing the anointing it comes by Perfected Love and there is so much wisdom in that book Perfected Love Galatians 5, let's go over here and let's review the fruit of the Spirit which is vital to us. 
Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Against such there is no law. In other words, if you're keeping, if, if you are living dominated by the fruit of the Spirit, you will not cross any of the laws of God. You'll not break them. Why? Because you're living out of your spirit. You're living out of the fruit of the Spirit. If you live dominated by love, if you live with the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, if you live out of this meekness, this temperance, if you live out of this uh, gentleness, this goodness, faith, this long-suffering, those, those attributes of God Himself dominating your behavior, dominating your responses, dominating your perceptions, you'll see like God, you'll think like God, you'll act like God because His attributes are dominating you. And how are His attributes dominating? You're connected to the vine. This is how we are strong in the Lord. If we say we are, are strong in the Lord, and yet we are underdeveloped in the fruit of the Spirit, we're only deceiving ourselves. The strength of the Lord comes from within, from His attributes, His character being established in me. Hallelujah. So He says, against such there is no law, and they that are... Christ's, apostrophe S. Are you Christ's? Did he purchase you by his blood? All right, then you're not your own, you're bought with the price, right? You are Christ. We've got to see ourselves as Christ. It says, they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Who does that? Does God do that for me? Did he give me an angel to do that for me? No. Who, who is responsible to crucify my flesh? Are you, is my pastor responsible to crucify my flesh? No. I am. Those that belong to Jesus Christ, what do we do? We tell our flesh, sit down, shut up, you're not driving this car. You're not in charge. I'm not letting you answer. I'm not letting you have an attitude. I'm not letting you scream at that person who just pulled out in front of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> we crucify the flesh. And then it says, if we live... In the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So it's possible to be alive unto God and not walk in what you're alive with. Walk responds, uh, walk speaks of daily behavior, your, your activity, how you live every day. So it's possible to be born of God, living in the Spirit, and not walking. How do, I walk, how do I know I'm walking in the Spirit? I'm walking in 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. That's, that's how to walk in the Spirit, that these attributes of God are alive and cultivated and in charge of how I think and respond in everyday life. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at Ephesians 4. Back up one chapter and let's look at this process. And then we'll pause. Ephesians 4. I'm going to begin in verse 22. I was in Galatians, so when I said back up one chapter, I backed up to Galatians 4, but that's not what I meant. I meant Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 22, that you put off. Who does that? I, do. I put off concerning the former behavior. The word conversation in the New Testament is a word that talks about lifestyle, behavior, it includes the words of your mouth, but it's not talking about your conversation alone. So it's a word I like to help you um, identify the definition of. You put off concerning the former lifestyle, the former behavior of the old man. I don't, I don't talk like I used to talk. People who knew me then wouldn't know me today. The people I used to get high with in the crack house, they don't know me if they see me on the street. There are even people who say, it's hard for me to imagine that you live the life that we read about in this testimony. Because I'm not that person. I've put off that behavior. I don't talk like she talked. I don't think like she thought. I don't act like she acted. I have put on the new man. So I put off the old. The old me was corrupt according to all of those desires and cravings that I was following. I put that off. And I am renewed in the spirit of the mind. In other words, I am taking my mind that did not get saved when I got saved, and I am deleting all of the old files that were downloaded on it. All of the trash that was downloaded from my first 23 years of life, I had to go through and delete, 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 delete. Have to erase that off of your hard drive because your hard drive didn't get deleted just because you gave your life to Jesus. And I used to think, thoughts would come into my mind and I would think, am I really saved? I thought I got saved. Why am I thinking that? Because I hadn't deleted that file yet, and it just popped open when something triggered it. You know, when I drove by a place that reminded me of getting high, or I drove by a place that I had done something illegal at, uh, it, it would remind me, and it would open that file in my hard drive. And now i got to go delete that file, and I had to verbally delete them. I apply the blood of Jesus to that. My, my conscience is purged from what I did there by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not that person. I'm a new creature in Christ. And I established, I pulled out my identification and I let that thought know who's in charge here. I take that thought captive. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 
greater is he who is in me. And so this renewing of the mind needs to take place until your mind becomes spiritual. Be renewed in the mind until your mind agrees with what's in your spirit. Be, I'm going to say it again. Be renewed in the mind till your mind agrees with what is in your spirit. The truth, the light of the word that's in your spirit. If your mind talks you out of what your spirit is revealing to you, how is God ever going to get anything across to you? Because he, he identifies, he says, the lamp of the light, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And so God wants to deal with you spirit to spirit. He's, he, from his spirit, is going to speak to your spirit. But if every time he speaks to your spirit, you pull it up into the unrenewed mind and you reason away and you say, well, that can't be God because I don't feel like I'm righteous today. I don't feel like I'm holy. I don't feel like I'm worthy of God. Well, then you're, you're allowing the unrenewed mind to negate the truth of God's word that says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because he that knew no sin was made sin for you. So if you, if you continually take that, that uh, revelation and pull it up into an unrenewed mind, you won't get far. You won't get far in the plan of God. For us to have advancement in the plan of God, we've got to renew the mind. We've got to get the mind so that the mind, we pull the revelation up and we say, delete that old thing and I got new information to, to deposit, to download. I'm, I'm pulling it up to load it into my thoughts and I think in line with what is in my spirit. Amen? And so this renewing of the mind is the link between taking off the old and putting on the new. It's the link. Notice it's right here in between verse 22 and verse 24. It's the connection because if you, if you put off the old man but you never renew the mind, that unrenewed mind will keep reaching back for the old. So renew, renew, renew the mind until it becomes spiritual in the way it thinks. It is possible to get your mind renewed to the place that you are able to agree with God, to see what, the way he's seeing it, to, uh, uh, he said, take my thoughts, not your thoughts. Remember Isaiah 55? It's possible to get to that place and then you're maintenancing the renewing of the mind. Once I get it all cleaned out, once, once I get the right thoughts structured in, once I develop my hard drive with the right godly thoughts, then I maintain that. I don't let viruses into my thoughts. You know how those computer the viruses, they try to come in through an email? Say, click on this. Don't click on it. Mute the commercials. That was worth you coming to church today, right there. Mute the commercials. I mean, keep that, keep that remote quick. Quick draw. I mean, if you don't have a DVR that you can fast forward past the commercials, mute them. Don't let those trash seeds, fear seeds, strife seeds be planted in your ground. The heart will grow whatever's sown into it. 
well, I didn't want that sewn in. But you let, you let it come in the ear, and that's how it got in the heart. And you didn't want it. it. It wasn't what you tuned in to watch or to listen to, but it got in and it produced something because the seeds will grow whether you meant for them to be planted in your heart or not. If you allow the wrong thing planted in your heart, it's going to grow. I know the Hawkins have a garden, a good godly, blood-washed garden. Saved, I mean, I mean they're, 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 they're sanctified, property. But what if someone came in and they were running and they were throwing away their weed and they threw their marijuana out in their garden and they didn't even know that marijuana's been in my garden. And they got all these marijuana seeds in their garden and all of a sudden like, what is that growing in my garden? I didn't plant it. But it's going to grow because it got sown. Guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your ground. Guard the ground of your heart against wrong seed. Against wrong seed. Hallelujah. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you, and, then, and then put on, you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness put him on put on that new you live out of the spirit not out of the mind not out of the emotions live out of the new creature in Christ that is created in righteousness and true holiness live out of the supply from which you bring love and joy and peace hallelujah Hallelujah. What God has designed for your life is not accessed with emotion and with, with mental striving. What God has for you comes because you're walking in this fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The life of God in you. This is what the fruit of the Spirit is. The life of God in you. Christ in you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith. That's the life of God in you. And as that life of God governs in you, you've put on the new man. That... Putting on the new man in Christ positions you for God to be able to do in your life what he needs to do. Pause. Right there. I'm just going to hit my pause button right there. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just right where you are, just lift your hands and say, Lord, I want your plan for my life. I want your life. To have full manifestation in me. That I would live out of your character. Connected to the vine. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you would say, 
you can put your hands down for just a moment. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Michelle, I don't know Jesus. I don't have this new life in me. I don't have this, this relationship with him that you're speaking about. And you would say, today, you know you are ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you just lift your hand right where you are? I want to pray with you today. If that's you and you're desiring to accept him as Lord, to make him the Lord of your life, hallelujah. Walking in his plan begins with walking with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Would you just lift your hands to the Lord this morning again and just yield yourself to the life that's on the inside of you? Everybody convinced of your walk with God, certain that you are where you need to be with Him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your life in us. Thank you for your strength in us. Father, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice. Father, that the strength of your spirit in their heart would become a priority. That they would recognize their need to yield, to put off the old and to put on the new to allow the love to be developed in each and every one of us, Father. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever.